Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. We are back after a bit of an absence, a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, but do not worry, because we have a great episode for you. This is one of our true crime editions. Nice. Uh, our other true crime episodes have kind of been like the uh, Jim Corbett stories, the Lions of Savo, the uh-huh. Legend of Kesagaki, if you remember that yeah. one, the Japanese bear, bear. Yeah. the um, Siberian Tiger and a Tale of Revenge. So it's uh, about time we, we kind of did another one, okay. true crime edition. I think I really, that Siberian Tiger one. That's the one that really sticks made an out impact with, with me, yeah. Did it? <laughs> that one was pretty it, it's cool. It's weird how that happens. It, it can be any story, but it just some of them will just sit with you. Yeah, and the that, Jim Corbett's are always awesome, of course. But, but the Siberian one stuck with you? Yeah. That's interesting how that works. Yeah. But uh, this is a, it's a pretty famous story that we are covering. It's called Night of the Grizzlies. Ooh. That's a good name. Yeah. It's a famous story where two separate bear attacks from two different bears happened on the exact same night in Glacier National Park. Wow. Back in 1967. Uh, it's really an amazing story, and we'll get all in, um, all about it. Okay. Uh, and this, I can honestly say, has been one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult episode for me to put together. Oh, really? It was, okay. It was, it was a very, it was a challenge, and it's, but it's definitely worth it, though. Everyone loves a good bear attack story. At least if you tune into this show, you do. (laughs) And we hope everyone enjoyed our last episode, our second edition of Shark Attack Stories. And thank you very much to Dana Botcher for being on the show last time. Your wife, my sister, of course. Um, All the stories we covered then were of recent shark attacks, mostly in Australia. And guess what, Dave? Hmm. There's been another one. Oh, my goodness. There's been another one since that we put out the last episode. I think it was... Uh, just last week, but uh, a man was surfing in Queensland, Australia, got killed by a great white. Wow. Just, I think yeah, it was just last week. I swear the great whites are just trying to keep up with all the other bad news going on. <laughs> <laughs> like, Come so on, man, guys. keep stealing our thunder. I'm doing another one. 2020s are here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's six fatalities, fatalities in Australia alone in Jeez. 2020. Uh, pretty wild. Yeah. And so we'll have to cover that story another time. Okay. But as always, we are joined in this studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. You know, Dave, I was thinking about the question asked last week. Would you rather survive an attack from a shark or a bear? And I think you are bloody crazy for choosing a bear. Oh, I choose shark all the way. I actually yeah. agree with Professor on this one. I think you're nuts for wanting to choose a bear. Well, I'd choose a cheetah if that were in the cards. I would but, uh... probably choose a cheetah, too. <laughs> I, just, I just have to put a Band-Aid on it if it was you, <laughs> Professor. A <laughs> good one. All right. Uh, and, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to us. Man, we've been doing really well recently. Last month in August, that was our best hit month of all time. Wow. By a right good on. amount. And we only put out like two episodes, so I wish I knew why. <laughs> uh, obviously, we are gaining more attention and gaining more listeners. Right on. And the more people are joining, it's a we have a, a small cult-like following that's ever growing. Nice. As, as we speak, but if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. You say whatever you want. But the ratings and reviews really help our podcast. Like I said, gain more attention. Gain more listeners, and we've been doing pretty well on that, so thank you, everyone. And But the reviews mean more than you think, so please go ahead and do that for us. So before we get to the story, I think it would be a good idea to learn a little bit about the place where the story takes place. Okay. Glacier National Park. Not a. We're not going to do a deep dive, just kind of some more basic information. But I've never been to Glacier. You, yeah, have, you haven't either, no. right? All right. But uh, Glacier National Park is located in northwestern Montana on the U.S.-Canada border, adjacent to the province of Alberta. Now, you were in uh, Montana. When I lived in part. Montana, it was... The middle of nowhere, eastern Montana, eastern Montana the bad okay. part of Montana, the the part you can skip. It's fine, <laughs> but it takes a long time to to like drive through it. Was it's, it flat there? It's hilly. It's hilly. hilly. Okay. However, the place I was at it was called, called Glendive. It's Glendive? it's a oh. small town. Uh, I went to community college there to play baseball right out of high school, and the one thing that 
Glendive, which is known for, is they have some dinosaur bones. Oh, really? They, uh, I remember they they had a Triceratops. Oh, they found that'd a Triceratops be cool. there. But yeah, eastern Montana, uh, east of Bozeman, is a dump. Oh, okay. <laughs> east of Bozeman is a dump. And where I was was n- near the border of uh, North Dakota. Oh, uh, okay. East of Bozeman's a dump. Billings, that's a... Oh, really? Yeah, that's a dump and a half. Oh, but uh, west, west of Bozeman. Bozeman's right north of Yellowstone. Oh, okay. Uh, so west of Bozeman. Man, Montana is gorgeous. It's a beautiful place. The Ooh. Rocky Mountains, and you got Glacier National Park. It's a beautiful place up there. But uh, The park was established on May 1910 and covers over 1 million acres and includes the sub-ranges of the Rocky Mountains. There are over 130 named lakes more than 700 miles of hiking trails, over a thousand different species of plants, and hundreds of species of animals. So something funny, yeah, how you said there's a hundred and, what was it, a hundred and thirty, hundred and Named lakes. Named lakes, yeah. There's about 630 unnamed lakes. Really? Uh, yeah. I did not know that. So I, I, I bet it's just they're smaller, so many that it's like, oh, uh, You'd have to start counting one, two, three, and then four over from there is this lake. You know, <laughs> they're just all you have to pooled together. You small know? lake number one, <laughs> yeah. small lake number two. Yeah, yeah, which I, I guess is would be normal because it's all based on glacier. You know, the yeah, effects and of glaciers. They probably annually. come. They probably change too. Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah. All right, but Dave, do you want to know uh, the most visited national parks? Yeah. For 2019. Yeah. Uh, this is all over the country. And I guess there are 62 national parks in the U.S. California has the most with nine. Huh. Uh, Alaska has second most with eight. And then we here in Utah take the bronze. We have the third most with five. Wow. These are national parks? Yeah. Okay. We've got quite a few state parks, too, We've got well. Oh, there's a lot. There's that, there are hundreds of state parks around the country. Oh, but really? These okay. are national parks. Wow. But the 10 most visited national parks, you want to go over that? Yeah. Okay, so the of the te- of the top 10 up uh, in the number one spot is the Great Smoky Mountains. That must be out east. Uh, it is in North Carolina, Tennessee. Okay. Yes, and that has about 12.5 million visitors a year. It's by, by wow. far has the most. That's a lot. Uh, in second place is the Grand Canyon. Oh, wow. Okay. You've been there, have you? No, I haven't even been there. You haven't been, been to the Grand Canyon, no. dude. I've only been there once. It was okay. Yeah? <laughs> like, it's beautiful, you know, and you you look at it. Well, but, that's all it is. It's, it's, yeah, hey, after you look at it for about an hour and a half, then you're like, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's for most people. I'm not a huge hiker. Yeah. But if you want, there's a lot more to do there, if you're into that stuff. And that's all in Arizona and... Uh, in third place is Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Oh, sorry. Grand Canyon has 6 million a year. Oh, 6 okay. million visitors. And then Rocky Mountain National Park has 4.7, and that's in Colorado. And then number four is Zion National Park. Wow. Okay. Where I was there last month. Yeah. I took an, a weekend trip there. It was a lot of fun. I put pictures up on our Facebook and Instagram. If that you is a popular park. Yeah. It, and it, it was a little different this year there because of covid so oh, things yeah. were different, and but man, I did the I did the Angels Landing hike, uh-huh. which was exhausting. Oh, was it? <laughs> and when you're in 106 degree weather, oh, yes, boy. even worse. But then I did the Narrows, uh-huh. which is a really cool hike because you're in the water the whole time. You're literally wow. walking in a small river the entire time, wow. and you're in the shade. And there's some parts where it's deep enough you can go swimming. And the water's cold, but man, it was that part was cool. I really liked the narrows. Right on. Angels Landing, me. But, oh, really? I hear that's pretty neat. Just because yeah. it's, but it's dangerous. It's cool when, oh yeah, definitely. Well, they have the um, they closed that part off the dangerous oh, part did where they? You, oh. you literally have to climb and you have to use a chain to climb up. And I, I, I'm not good with heights. Dave. <laughs> not either. And so I would not have done it myself, but uh. it, it was okay. All right, let's continue. Uh, in fifth place is Yosemite National Park. Okay. It uh, has 4.5. Same as Zion. Zion has 4.5 million. And that one's in California. And then number six is Yellowstone. I thought that one might be further. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised Zion's beat that one Yeah, out, and Yellowstone know? has about 4 million a year, and that's in kind of Wyoming, Montana. I yeah. don't know, kind of covers all yeah. that area. And number seven is Acadia, 
3.4 million in so, Maine, unless oh, Maine? I said that wrong, okay. which is very possible. But um, yes, that one's in Maine. And then eight is Grand Teton National Park okay. in Wyoming. That's, That's right by Yellowstone. That is pretty close to it, yeah. And yeah. that has 3.2 million. And then number 10, our subject, Glacier National Park in nice. Montana, has 3 million visitors. Made the a year. top 10. It did make the top 10. But yeah, I think I thought, just thought that would be kind of cool info to know if you're yeah. interested. But Glacier National Park is obviously named for having glaciers. And Glacier National Park is dominated by mountains which are were carved into their present shapes by the huge glaciers of the last ice age. And these glaciers have largely disappeared over the last 12,000 years. And with recent trends in the climate over the last century, the glaciers that still exist are melting. Since 1850, around 75% of the ice in the park has melted. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it is actually possible, and scientists predict that these that uh, these glaciers, they could be completely gone by 2030. Gee, okay. That sucks. Yeah. They Although they did previously say 2020 is when they might be gone they're still there they're oh, still okay. glaciers so maybe we're doing a little bit to help but yeah and pushing it back further at least i don't know but that sucks uh, and there is a, hi- a highly regarded global climate change research system at the park so it is constantly being monitored okay. and studied all the time okay and there are many climates and microclimates within the park obviously the higher in elevation the colder it gets like, it will sometimes snow in the summer at the highest elevations. Oh, yeah. And average temperatures... Well, oh, that s- reminds me. I'm sorry. Yeah, go interrupt. ahead. Um, I, just, they, they just saw a video. Um, it, was just, it just snowed in... I think it was Yellowstone. That bison's all covered in snow. Yeah. yeah we had a weird, a weird winter storm here out here in the West yeah. recently. Where it snowed up... I, there was snow up in our mountains here in the Wasatch. A little bit. But like in Colorado, there was a lot of snow. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. In Wyoming, there was a lot of snow. Just and it was at the beginning of September. Yeah. Just really that's, early. That's that's pretty uh, rare. And we had that huge windstorm here last week. We had yeah. a windstorm yeah. that had 100 mile an hour gusts. Yeah. There was, there was quite so a bit of many trees down. Mm-hmm. Oh. They had they had I was I think at the peak it was 200,000 customers out of power. No, it was it was. 2,000, 200, oh, 200,000. Oh, 200, yeah. yeah, we oh, did I say lost power for a oh, day and you? a half. Oh, wow. I went home after work. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Tell my kids. I was like, work. do I just like read a book or something? <laughs> so I, I didn't, I, I had no TV, no internet, no anything. My phone was dying. My phone was dead. Oh, really? So I didn't know what to do with the power was out. I was, I was kind of glad. I'm like, hey, this will help teach our kids. And all they're just like, I'm so bored. I don't know. <laughs> what can we do? Oh, you can read a book. No. Let's go on a walk. No. It's like, come on. You, you guys are just. Uh, got to get out there, man. Yeah, they're turning into cyborgs or something. <laughs> no power. Does no. not compute. Does not compute. Can't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> just bad. Yeah. Anyway, we got off. All right. Off yeah, a little, little sidebar, huh? in case you were wondering what the weather yeah. was like earlier this or last week. Yeah. Anyway, average temperatures in the summer average from 60 to 70 during the day and around 40 degrees at night. That's that's pretty cold for the summer, don't you think? But yeah, but this varies so much. Oh, does it? it? Okay. And it really. I mean, you could have you could be in two miles away, and you know you're in the shade, and it's so much cooler than. It varies extreme. To okay, the, that that is quite a change from all the national parks here, and even, even, even slightly Yellowstone. You, the best times to go are spring and fall because mm-hmm. the summers are just too hot. But yeah. this perfect time to go mm-hmm. is the fall, summertime for uh, for glacier. Yeah, and th- th- that's more like uh, the average temperature for higher up. But uh, oh, then okay. in the lower um, the lower western valleys, it gets up to ninety in the oh, summer. Oh, gee, wow. Oh yeah, interesting thing. I I learned the uh, low the lowest altitude is somewhere around three thousand feet, which is actually lower than than we are here in the valley in Salt Lake. Oh, okay. And then the highest point is ten thousand some odd feet. Oh, okay, I'm glad you looked is, that up. It's actually lower than our highest point. You know? Yeah. I was surprised. I thought it would be way up there because it's got all the glaciers. But but yeah, it's it's it's, it's not it's, super... it's it's a it's a unique bio kind of climate. It, it really yeah. It it's, it's got yeah. You're right. It is. It's very unique. 
But in an area just east of the park called Browning, Montana, actually holds the world record for temperature drop in a 24-hour period. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, world record all time in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, wow. On January 23rd, 24th, that, that day... In 1916, there was a temperature drop of over 100 degrees. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) At the beginning of the 24-hour period, it was 44 degrees. And at the end, it was around, in one area, it was negative 56. Oh, my goodness. 100-degree difference in 24 hours. Jeez. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. And that's the world record. So Glacier holds the world record for that. Maybe it's proof that day after tomorrow really could happen, you know? (laughs) That's isn't that really that's a cool That's kooky, yeah. That's pretty cool that this is the record holder. How would you like to be caught in that storm? No. (laughs) It's like I mean it's getting kind of chilly. It's like this is great. Shirt off and And you're in the Arctic. (laughs) But uh, like we said with Yellowstone, Glacier National Park. It ain't Disneyland. It's an extreme place. Mm. And with this, the park has an average of 14 forest fires a year with 5,000 acres burnt a year. 2003 had the worst fire. 136,000 acres were burnt. Wow. So they have extreme forest fires. We're having those right now all over the West. That's almost 10% of the whole park. Right. Yeah, well, fi- fires in forests are natural, and they're yeah. a good thing, but yeah, not when they're that big. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's easier to contain them there. They just let a glacier go or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of recre- recreational activities to do at the park. Obviously, hiking is very popular. There are uh, many easy trails for beginners all the way up to expert level. Okay. Uh, th- um, then there is some rock climbing, there's fly fishing, amongst many other things. What you would think of, you, you can do there. Yeah. Uh, and actually, and the Continental Divide runs through oh, the yeah. park as well. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about some of the animals at the park, including grizzlies. Okay. There are 260 species of birds, including bald eagles, golden eagles, peregrine falcons, osprey, hawks, ducks... I don't know why I said it like that. Ducks? <laughs> Whenever we say ducks, we got to do it like that. Okay. Uh, geese, woodpeckers, owls, and about 250 others. Wow. Uh, 23 species of fish. They got northern pike, whitefish, grayling, cutthroat trout, bull trout, and many more. Huh. Uh, since it's a cold weather climate, there are very few reptiles. Actually, only three species of reptiles. I oh, really? Two species of garter snakes. And one turtle species. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. And then we have 62 species of mammals. There are large animals like moose, elk, mule deer, white-tailed deer, bighorn sheep, coyote, wolves, cougars, black bears. Then smaller mammals like skunks, porcupines, bobcat, mink, martens, squirrels, river otters, and six bat species. Oh, they got an abundance. What kind of the animals you would think they would have if you're familiar with the area? You did that list pretty good. You should have put it to a song, you know? (laughs) And skunks and porcupines and bobcats. Uh, (laughs) Boy, this is great to learn, Uncle Matt. (laughs) (laughs) You should write a children's book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then um, wolverines can sometimes be spotted, but they're very rare. And remember Ooh. with our wolverine episode that we did, uh-huh. they cover a very large territory, so they are, they're are they really hard to find no matter what. Oh, okay. Uh, the, two, uh, the two species glacier is mostly known for are grizzlies, of course, mm-hmm. and mountain goats. Oh, okay. They're really known for mountain goats. Mountain goats are the official park symbol, actually. Oh, right on. And they're, they're really cool animals that are the all-white ones. And it, it's amazing to see how they can move around in those steep mountains. It's yeah. just so cool to watch them. It's, it's so they're, weird. They're on like almost 90 degree angles and they can bounce around the mountain, those yeah. rocks. It's it's super cool. You, you keep thinking, how the heck can a hoofed animal yeah. do something like that? It is crazy. It really is. It's They're like rock climbers. And they just sit up there. Yeah, and I don't think they're afraid of heights. <laughs> no, they're not. I would, I would do, I would not do well up. <laughs> if I was a mountain goat, I, I'd, <laughs> I would I'd be in the valleys, getting running from grizzlies. <laughs> 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 uh, 
then, of course, we have grizzly bears. Uh, the exact number of grizzlies in the park is unknown, but it's estimated to be around 300. Wow. Which might be the most in the lower 48. Oh, really? In, in, in a specific area. Oh. You know, I read something interesting that uh, um, the... Because it, it is kind of its own biome thing, and it's got so many different animals, that it has the the same uh, creatures as it did when they first announced it as a national park in 1910. Mm-hmm. Nothing has has gone extinct. I believe you're I believe it's, you're right. That climb or that I don't know what you, the biome has just held itself so well mm-hmm. over the years that everything's still there. Yeah, I mean, and humans did damage it for a little bit, which we will get into. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But you're you're right. It is pretty much the same as it was when it first started. And let's get to what we're interested in, bear attacks. Yeah. Since the creation of the park in 1910, there have been 10 people killed by grizzlies. Hmm. Now, our story today covers the very first ones. Oh, yeah? Uh, And the last one that I found happened in 1998. So we... I think they're overdue. Oh. <laughs> uh, Matt, you're trying to curse them. <laughs> so, uh, Glacier Park's overdue, everybody. <laughs> so go there. <laughs> we need another story. Um, in 1998, when a man went hiking alone in the uh, two medicine area, he was killed and partially eaten by a mother bear with two cubs. Ooh. And there were actually four deaths by brown bears in 1998 alone. In the all oh, over the wow. country, which is way more than average, and the others or all over North America, the others were in British Columbia, Alberta, and Alaska. That was just mm. in 1998. Four brown bear deaths in North America in one year is a lot. Gee, that's well above average because you go multiple years with that with skipping deaths in um, for brown bears, yeah. grizzly bears. I guess kind of like this with the shark attacks going on this year, you know. Yeah, it's just an increase. In the Great Whites. Just well, shit happens. <laughs> but uh, yes, Glacier National Park is definitely bear country, and I couldn't find the number of attacks throughout the years, but there have been a good amount that didn't result in death. And there's a there's every year there's uh, run-ins with bears and people. And if you do decide to go hiking at Glacier, it's recommended you go over bear safety beforehand. Learn about, listen to our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and also listen to some experts, probably too. Yeah. But, uh, oh, uh, here's a good thing. Carry some bear spray. Yeah. As we've learned. It's a, it's, a lot of times it's better than a gun to have bear spray. Yeah. Better deterrent. Just don't spray it in your own face. Yeah. <laughs> As we have had, had happen in stories. Yeah. Uh, so there is a quick uh, overview of Glacier National Park. Uh, I would definitely like to go there sometime. Uh, yeah. It looks absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful place. And they're overdue for a bear tag. <laughs> uh, what, what do you say we get to kind of our story, though, Dave? Let's do it. Let's do it. This was a tough one, like I said, for, for me to put together. The story is a pretty well-known one, and it's called Night of the Grizzlies. It takes place in 1967. And I got most of the info from a book by author Jack Olson, written in 1969, so two years after. Title and the title is also "Night of the Grizzlies." But I made it hard on myself. I got the book on Audible, so (laughs) easy to listen to, like while I'm at work, but difficult to use audio when you're kind of writing your script. Like I was constantly rewinding, trying to find out where I was. I had to write times down and pick up where I was. But I discovering I discovered a hard copy is easier to use in doing my research, and I, I used a few articles as well online. And there is a documentary. Oh, really? I, I think it was made in 2010. It's on YouTube, and I watched. You oh, can watch okay. it on YouTube, and it's actually narrated by J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah. He's the guy who played. Uh, uh, he Joe does those James. St- State Farm commercials. Yeah, he does the State Farm commercials. He was the father in Cave Ju- Johnson here. <laughs> yeah, he was the father in Juno, and he was uh, Joe Jameson, John Spider Man. Spider Man. What's yeah. his name? Joe. Now you got me confused. Joe Jana Jameson. Jameson. Yeah, Jameson. You know what I'm the, talking the about. The news. The news. The guy who. Guy. The newspaper guy. Yeah. But yeah, he, it, it's a pretty good documentary. So if you want to watch that yeah, after listening to this, so you can. Kind of figure out. It's probably got more information on there. Okay. It's really good, too. So that's where I got all the information. 
And Night of the Grizzlies is a story where on one night there were two different grizzly bear attacks by two different bears, and both attacks resulted in the deaths of two 19-year-old women. Ooh. Isn't that a coincidence? Yeah. But first thing we need to do, Dave, is we need to go back in time. Ooh. Uh, we obviously need to go back to August 12th. 13th 1967 and in order to do that we gotta dust off the old time machine sometime somewhere so 1967 the world was different back then obviously of course it was Uh, it's the height of the vietnam war also the very first super bowl was in 1967 oh wow played in los angeles the green bay packers beat the kansas city chiefs 35 to 10 oh just in case you were wondering. Interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go over a couple things that happened in 1967. Okay. Muhammad Ali was stripped of the World Heavyweight Championship after refusing to join the, the uh, army and go to Vietnam. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. There was the Six-Day War between Israel uh, versus Syria, Egypt, and Jordan. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court declares all U.S. state laws which prohibit interracial marriage to be deemed unconstitutional. So that was still... I didn't even know they had laws against that. Mm-hmm. So, Jeez. That was 1967. Wow. Interracial marriage in some areas was kind of ban- prohibited, huh. I guess you could say. Well, and then the Detroit race riots, where 43 people were killed in Detroit on a wow. race riot. Wow. I mean, we think we have the, our race riots now that are bad. There's, there's been worse. Yeah. Uh, the first issue of Rolling Stones magazine is published in 1967. The first heart transplant took place in South Africa wow. in 1967. A series of tornadoes struck the Chicago area, killing more than 60. Jeez. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Yeah. Uh, China tests its first hydrogen bomb in 1967. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they have nukes there. Uh, the James Bond film You Only Live Twice came out. Oh, there we go. Do you? Remember, I can't remember that one. You Only Live Twice? No. Who's in that one? I think that's Sean Connery. Hmm. No, that's Sean, that's Con. Right? Is it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's Connery. Yeah. I don't know. Because he's the, Bond started in the fifties. Oh, geez, we're gonna sound like idiots. <laughs> uh, I, we don't know. <laughs> and of course, you have the hippie movement. Yeah. Free love. Yeah, weed, LSD were a lot more prominent. Uh, so here's a couple of interesting things. Uh, the average income in the U.S. was seven thousand three hundred dollars wow. back in 1967. The average monthly rent was one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Gee, that'd be nice. Gas per gallon. What do you think it was? Uh, twenty-five cents. Thirty-three cents. Oh wow. The average cost of a house fourteen thousand dollars. Oh my goodness. Average new car, $2,700. A movie ticket price, $1.25. Minimum wage, what do you think? Two bucks? Close. A buck 40. Oh, wow. Minimum wage, a buck 40. Wow. Uh, popular musician, uh, musicians back then, you got the Beatles, of course. The that's, Beatles. That's kind of them. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> uh, uh, the Rolling Stones, The Doors, The Monkees, Bob Dylan, Elvis Presley, Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix, David Bowie, The Beach Boys, The Grateful Dead, Aretha Franklin, and many, many more. Nice. All I re- I re- those are all the ones I recognize. And the Beatles were probably the biggest thing going on back then, right? Oh, yeah. Their song... All you need is love. That came out in 1967. Okay. Also, um, hello, goodbye. Which was that one? I can't think how it goes. I know no. it, but I can't think of it. And I just sang terribly for that last one, so I don't want to sing another one. <laughs> you did great, man. <laughs> but yeah, they, those were on the top five songs that year. Also, I'm a believer by the monkeys. Okay. I'm a believer. Yeah. I couldn't leave her if I tried. Yeah, I'm not going to be singing again in any other episode. <laughs> Anyway, uh, famous movies from 1967. The Graduate. Mm, I never saw that one. Me neither. Uh, the, the Jungle Book. Hey. The animated one. It is the animated one. You Only Live Twice, like I said. In Like Flint. Never heard of that one. I've heard of that one. I don't know what it is. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Okay. Uh, that's a good one. And many more. The top grossing film was The Graduate. And we don't even know what that was. Yeah. And it grossed $104 million. 
Wow. Which is pretty good back then, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, pretty interesting stuff, right? Uh, yeah. I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put us in the mindset of 1967. Got it. It's pretty groovy time right yeah. now, man. Maybe we should take some LSD to really get in the mindset. <laughs> yeah, and listen to the Beatles. <laughs> All right. So I, I feel like you're you're in the mindset. I'm in the mindset. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's begin our actual story, finally. About almost half hour in, we're going to finally <laughs> start the story. So Glacier uh, Park. Well, we're going to go over this first, then we're going to get to the story. Okay. <laughs> Glacier Park back in 1967 wasn't ran nearly as well as today. Rules were very lax, especially when it came to grizzly bears. Park rangers would hold bear feeds almost every evening to attract tourists. Oh, you know that I miss that stuff too. They would, uh, and now everything is like, no, we can't allow that. We can't do that. When back in the day, it's like. Man, you get all this total interaction. The risks were just part of life, and now it's it's gone. Now everybody's going to get sued. But yeah, I mean, of course, it, there weren't the same amount of visitors as there are now, so it'd be bound to ha- something would be bound to happen. Well, if in a way, there, it's better know? now than it was then, and but, I'll go over why. But they they literally dump all garbage and leftover food in the area and watch <laughs> as the grizzlies comb over the rubbish, eating whatever they can find. And there's sometimes there's like several grizzly bears in this one area and the bears would often fight each other oh, wow. and developed a pecking order for the the best trash oh. and sometimes if the bears weren't entertaining the tourists enough park rangers would put bacon in the mix <laughs> and bacon would send these bears into a frenzy <laughs> they would fight like crazy for it bacon is that good that's funny and these practices worried many people but it had gone on for quite a while without incident. So it just continued. People were worried and they're like, guys, something's going to happen. But they're like, well, nothing's happened yet. <laughs> uh, and Glacier wasn't the only park doing this. Yellow, we talked about it in another episode, but Yellowstone also did. In Yellowstone, bleachers were set up near the rubbish dump so people can watch the bears. Oh my goodness. They set up bleachers to watch. <laughs> it's funny. like a sporting event. <laughs> they're making bets. I right, pick that bear. I pick that bear. It's funny. And all of this sounds like just a horrible idea and an accident waiting to happen. But yet something I would want to see. Uh. Although I would definitely want you, yes. Uh, luckily, the parks have cleaned up their act and no longer do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, one of our attacks is a big reason for this. Hmm. This is pretty much, this story is what ended that. Okay. But yeah, bears uh, would often get really close to people back then and relied on the trash for food. They were habituated to only eating trash. They weren't hunting. Gee. I could I could see uh, a group of school kids going and someone thinks it's funny to put some bacon in the next guy's pants and, <laughs> and laugh as a bear chases him around. That sounds like something like from the great outdoors of the movie. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Or an initiation for... Uh, the school you went to <laughs> in Montana. <laughs> That's dangerous. But yes. Uh, but uh, the, the rubbish plays a role in one of our stories. So, so on this day, August 11th, it was very hot. It was like 95 degrees in Glacier. Oh, wow. And during the night, there were over 100 lightning strikes. Ooh. It was a dry thunderstorm with no rain. And there were already several fires going on in Glacier area Mm. at this time. And more fires come from these lightning strikes. All the employees expected more fires. But what they didn't expect were the very first grizzly bear attacks and fatalities in the park's history. Wow. Two on the same night. Oh. Let's meet some people. What do you say? Yeah. All right. Let's meet Roy Ducat. He's 18. And then let's also meet Julie Hegelson. She's 19. Both are employees at the park. Roy was a busboy dishwasher at East Glacier Lodge. Julie worked at the lodge, the lodge's laundry mat. They were both working there that summer. Oh, okay. Roy was from Ohio. He went to Bowling State University. He's a handsome young man who loved the outdoors. Julie was from Minnesota, said to be very pretty. She's a slender girl with brown hair and went to the University of Minnesota. 
Julie had been working there for two months and was ready for her first overnight hike. Her and Roy may have been like a couple. Oh, okay. They may have been dating. We're not sure. I, I wasn't sure. But just think of it as they are, because it sounded like they were. I would assume. Maybe like a summer fling type of deal. It's not like, hey, you ready for your first hike? We'll send a busboy out to help you get along. (laughs) Yeah, they they probably knew each other, and they probably liked each other. Let's let's assume that they're kind of a summer couple. Yeah. 1967, bro. (laughs) Uh, But they are going to spend the night near the Granite Park Chalet. To get there, they hiked about eight miles to one of the most popular trails to get to the chalet. So do you know what a chalet is? Um, is it a cabin or is kind it, of, the, is it much. like a... So a chalet is an alpine home or lodge. Okay. That's kind of the definition. And here it was used as a limited services facility with a kitchen and bedrooms. It's basically a hostel. Okay. They're using it as a hostel is okay. what, how I like to think of it. It makes sense. Like there's six people to a room type of thing. People are spending the night on the floor in the kind of the common area. That's what's going on here. Okay. And it can hold to like up to 50 to 60 people and they do it for a, a fee. They pay a fee to get that. The, okay. the higher, the more you pay, the better room you get type of a thing. And people can also camp in the surrounding areas as well. Okay. And at the chalet is where some of that bear feeding that I was talking about, this is where it happens. The feeding bear is like a main event for many of the people that hike up there. Roy and Julie arrive at around 7 p.m. and decide to camp a ways away from the chalet, about 500 yards. Hmm. Keep in mind... Uh, where the bears feed in the garbage is pretty much right in the middle of everything here. Okay. So everything is pretty connected. On their way to the campground, they run into a woman who asked where they were camping, or where they were going, and they said, to the campground. That's where the bears are from. Aren't you afraid? The woman asked. Roy and Julie said, Nah, we're not afraid. And they eat dinners. And they packed and they can kind of unpack and they roll their sleeping bags out. It's getting dark. They chill for a bit, but they're really tired from hiking, you know? Yeah. The sun is setting. So they hop into their sleeping bags and they go to sleep. Okay? So, Dave, that is the setup for our first story. Okay. So remember that. Remember Roy and Julie. Okay. They're Roy and Julie fell asleep in the sleeping bags. At the chalet. Near the chalet. Okay. <laughs> uh, we will. We're gonna come right. We're gonna come back to him soon. Okay. So remember him. Let's meet some other. And we'll, yeah, we'll meet some other characters from the story as well. Okay. Now let's meet some more people. Okay. Well, now I'm getting curious who which one it's gonna be. You know. <laughs> let's meet some more people from our. This is our second story. This is the beginning of our second story. Oh, okay. We have five people. Also, all of them are employees of the park and actually were friends with Roy and Julie. Okay. We have 16 year old Paul Dunn. 20-year-old Denise Huckle, brothers Ray and Ron Nosek. Ron is 21 and was Denise's date for the trip. Ray is 23, was the date of our main character of the story, Michelle Coons. Okay. So if you don't remember anybody, remember Michelle Coons, okay? Okay. She is 19. She's a petite and pretty blonde girl from San Diego and went to California Western University. She worked at the gift shop at Lake McDonald Lodge. The manager of the store described her as a blessing, a girl with a zest for life. And in high school, she was voted most likely to succeed. Everybody Mm. loved her. Everybody loved Michelle Coons. And they are going to camp overnight at Trout Lake. Trout Lake is an area frequently visited by grizzlies. Hmm. Oh, and they actually have a sixth member of their party with them. It's a dog. Oh. A dog named Squirt. Squirt? Nice. What kind is it? Uh, it's part German Shepherd is all I got. Oh, okay. Now, dogs are actually not allowed in the park. Oh, interesting. As they can dis- disturb wildlife, you know? Mm, okay. Uh, <clears throat> but Squirt was essentially a stray and taken in by Denise and they kept it on a leash and kind of trading places during the hike. Who gets to hold it and okay. whatnot. Um, the hike to Trout Lake was about four miles. And you know what? Squirt's a really, he's a good boy. 
He's been a good boy the whole time. Right on. So they arrive to Trout Lake around 5 p.m. And Trout Lake is like 7,000 feet high. And it's I saw pictures and it's a really a beautiful lake. Mm. So they arrive and set up camp. And they run into a small group of other people who told them that they had a run-in with the bear the day before. Huh. They were actually treed for two Ooh. hours by a very aggressive grizzly. Wow. By treed, I mean I climbed up a tree and had to wait there. Now, climbing a tree isn't a bad idea when it's a grizzly. It is a bad idea if it's a black bear. Because black bears, yeah. can they are expert climbers. Not so much with grizzlies. They're normally too big, and they just don't do it yeah. as much. They can climb, not that well. After being told this, the group of young employees didn't think much of it. In one ear, out the other type of thing. Uh Getting treated by a bear is part of the experience, part of the fun of Glacier, you know? That's yeah. what they're thinking. And they knew nobody has ever been killed by grizzlies there hmm. at this time. So they just shrugged it off. Now, this particular grizzly bear had been a nuisance well before this day. Oh. Earlier in the year, the, this bear had been seen multiple times at another area called Kelly's Camp. And it, it would go get into people's garbage. And really scared people there. There was... but And they also noticed that there was something very off about uh. this bear. It was very small for a grizzly. Skinny, unkept. Uh, it's, and it's it's, uh, it's un, just unhealthy looking. It's oh, a female okay. too. Something's just not quite right with it. It's not rabies, by the way. <laughs> if that's what you were thinking, it's not rabies. Because that, that's normally my lead up to a rabies oh, thing. Okay. But it's not rabies. But uh, management was notified multiple times about how close this bear has been coming to humans and its poor condition. But with the lax nature of things back then, nothing was done about the bear. Nowadays, hmm. they probably go and see what's wrong with it. Probably, probably shoot it because if it's gonna, it's in this unhealthy of a condition. That means it might go after human food. Oh, more. okay. But uh, it's not like that back in '67. And just a week before our story, this bear actually chased a group of Girl Scouts on their wow. overnight trip. The bear even stole some food from them. Must have been cookies. <laughs> stole some Girl Scout cookies. What do you think? Samoas? Or, <laughs> yeah. What are the other ones? Uh, it's the Thin Mints. Thin Mints. It's got to be those. Uh, I'm going Samoas. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but luckily, um, no one was injured during this with the bear. But this bear has pretty much lost its fear of humans. So when the group arrived at Trout Lake, uh, most of them went fishing. And they did catch some cutthroat trout. Okay. Got it back. And they cooked some fish as well as some hot dogs that they brought. Right on. I don't know what it is, but I love hot dogs when camping. Yeah. I don't know. It just... It's just like the camping food. Yeah. It's easy. I don't know. It, maybe it's the, go, if the it's easy on the gets stick. into it or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know? Go, it's if just, it's easy on your stick, yeah. it's easy to cook. It's e it's, yeah, you don't have to take forever to cook something. Mm. You just put it over just, a fire and eat it. Yep. All right. So they were just kind of chilling and eating at camp when, through the smoke, Michelle Coons noticed a shadow only 10 feet away. Whoa. That's close. She jumped up and said, here comes a bear. Ron untied Squirt's leash, the dog, picked him up, and the group took off up the rocky lakeshore. Wow. After about 50 yards away, they all stop, and they watch as a scrawny grizzly entered their campsite and went to work eating all their food. Oh. Everything that they haven't eaten already. And after about 15 minutes of watching the bear uh, rummage through their stuff and eating their food, and uh, also, night is approaching as okay. well. Uh, finally, the bear saunters off and disappears. They debated what to do. And it's dark now, so not many options. And since they only had one flashlight between them. Oh, gee. Come on, guys. You gotta have more man. <laughs> but after the bear had been gone for a bit, they, uh, they kind of composed themselves and decided to abandon that original campsite. Okay. The boys went back to that campsite, kind of gather what they could. Uh -huh. And uh, the only food that was still left was a pack of Cheez-Its. Oh, and hey, there you go. Also some cookies. 
Samoa, Stin Mints, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they decided to set up a new camp about 50 yards away by the lake's edge. They also decided they would keep a fire going all night, kind of as a deterrent for the bear, just in case. Yeah. It's late now. They all place their sleeping bags in a semicircle around the fire and go to bed. Dave, that's where we're going to stop the second story right now. Gee. That's the setup for the second story. Okay. So remember that, okay? Okay. Who's What's the girl's name? Michelle Coombs. Very good. Pretty wild already. Yeah. Things are, things are getting, they're heating up, right? Yeah. Let's check back in with our first story. Roy and Julie, who just fell asleep. Let's check back in with them, okay? okay? But first, we're going to kind of meet some other people. At the chalet, the bear show had been over for a while. The guests also started going to bed. It's bedtime all around, okay? Mm-hmm. We need to meet a few other people real quick. Uh, camping about 100 yards away from Roy and Julie... Uh, we have a young couple, Robert and Janet Klein. Uh, they're newlyweds. They're pretty young, too. I didn't get their ages, but they're like 20 years old. Okay. They originally wanted to sleep inside the chalet. Well, Janet did, because she was worried about the bears from the start. <laughs> okay. But that night, the chalet was completely full. People were already sleeping in the lobby and stuff, so no room for them in oh. the chalet. They finally agreed they would camp for the night. Um, like, uh, they're a couple hundred yards from the chalet and about a hundred yards from Roy and Julie. Okay. They also, while they were there, this is earlier in the day, they also met a, another 20 year old man hiking alone named Don Gullett from Paradise, California. Don wasn't worried about the bears himself either, but the clients, mostly Janet, asked if Don would camp close to them just as like a safety precaution to Mm -hmm. have somebody nearby. So remember them. Okay. They are nearby Roy and Julie. So after also watching the bears eat garbage and hanging out the chalet, we're catching up with Don right now. Don went back to his campsite near the Kleins and he turned in. So we're following Don at the moment. Okay. It's about 1 a.m. when Don Gullett is awakened. He is awakened by a teenager. And that teenager is Roy. Hmm. He recognized him because they chatted earlier in the day. Roy awakens Don, babbling incoherently. Don, groggy, he's groggy, wakes up and can tell that Roy is in shock. Roy says, a bear got a hold of me. I tried playing dead, but it didn't help. It dragged her off into the brush. You have to go after her. Please, forget about me. The bear dragged her away. Gee. That is some frightening stuff to wake up to, I would say. Yeah. If you are Don. It sounds like an NPC mission in, in, in a game, you know? <laughs> kind of, actually. Forget about me. You got to do this. And then that's your quest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. Why'd you like to wake up to no, that? Oh, definitely no. And everything is happening so quickly. Don is still barely awake. Don thinks... This guy can't be real. But then he notices that Roy's arm is dangling like it had been wrenched out of the socket. Oh. And he had several blood stains on his clothes. Jeez. Don is wide awake now. <laughs> That'll do it, I guess. He helps Roy and takes him to the Kleins about 30 feet away and they're camping near him. Ray keeps repeating, the bear got her. The bear dragged her away. The bear got her. The bear dragged her away. Oh, wow. Now, there were no doubts about what happened. Don knows what happened now. He knows that there is a dangerous bear in the area. So they get the Kleins, and they help Roy, and they go down to a trail cabin. No details on what the trail cabin is, but I imagine it's a cabin on the trail. (laughs) I don't know anything about what it is but Roy is very injured and trembling Don tries assisting his wounds while Rob told Janet to go up to the roof while he helps Don now Rob tells Janet to use the flashlight to signal for help on top of the cabin Okay. Rob knows that in danger SOS signals come in threes 
So you blink the flashlight three times, it basically means SOS, a okay. signal for distress. Yeah. Uh, Janet flashes the light towards the chalet. Fortunately, they begin to see flickers of light coming back from the chalet. Okay. So now we're at the chalet, okay? Uh, luckily, some people had heard screams from the oh. initial attack. Some people, along with Ranger Joan Devereaux, she'll be a character in it from now okay. on, go to the roof of the chalet to see what's going on. They see the flashlight, and uh, the, the clients are shining the flashlight. Um, so they're on the other, they're, both people are on the roofs of the clients and Don are on the small one, they're on the chalet. Okay. okay. Joan and the other people. Uh, they've noticed each other. And somebody from the chalet hollers, uh, is everything okay? Rob Klein answers, no. Uh, someone from the chalet says, what's the trouble? And Robert Klein hollers back, bear. Now, the guy who was hollering is a man named John Lipinski, another character. Okay. He's a surgeon, Ooh. which help, is helpful. In the yeah. situation now, Lipinski and the others at the chalet are falling back to Joan to Joan Devereaux, who is the Ranger Nationalist, basically in charge. Okay. However, she's only twenty-two years old. Oh my goodness. However, uh, she grew up in a military family, so she knows the chain of command. And we got to give her credit through this whole thing because she actually steps up and does really well in this situation. Okay. As we'll find out. So everyone. I want you to remember where we are in the story right now, okay? Okay. Let's quickly backtrack. We're going to go back to what happened in this bear attack. No pun intended, but it's grisly. <laughs> nice one, man. Yeah, you'd like it. <laughs> so, we're going to go back to Roy and Julie, okay? okay? Roy and Julie were sleeping when... Roy wakes up hearing Julie whisper, play dead. Oh. Not something you want to hear. No. Roy is groggy, doesn't know what's going on. He starts to move a little bit. The bear grabs Roy. Oh. Throws him out of the sleeping bag and lands on his face six, six feet away. Throws him six feet. Ah. The bear jumps on his back, bites Jeez. his shoulder. Roy later says that the bear's breath was the most horrible thing he has ever smelled. Ugh. The bear bites and claws his back, his shoulder and legs, and it all happened so fast. Roy said he just felt helpless, just nothing he could do. He did the only thing he knew what to do, and that's play dead. Mm. And this helped him. It worked. Okay. Fortunately, though, the bear turned its attention to Julie. Oh. Roy said he could hear it start to bite Julie. She screamed loudly. Now, this is what woke up people from the chalet. Oh, okay. She screamed, it hurts. Oh. And then, someone help us. She tried playing dead, but the bear picked her up and carried her off. Oh, my goodness. After this, Roy went and found Don in the Kleins. Gee. So, Dave, this is where we're going to leave off, and that is part one of what? Night of the Grizzlies. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious, yep. What a cliffhanger. Uh, that was a good one. I've been waiting 80-something episodes to leave a cliffhanger like oh that, and this was my goodness. chance. Pretty good, though. Yeah. Pretty intense. We've got a lot Holy more to moly. go. Uh, yeah, we're ending off on kind of a dark note here. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully the story wasn't too hard to follow. Hopefully, hopefully everybody's... Well, I'll remind people at the top of the next episode where we're at and everything. Uh, at the beginning of part two, I'll remind everybody where we're at and we're going to catch up with the second story. We'll start with the second story. Cause yeah, Michelle well, you're Coons, better. Michelle, because <laughs> you want to know what happens. Yeah. Michelle Coons and her um, four friends and Squirt, they're all asleep. We're going to start there oh, next episode. Oh, boy. Whew. All right. Oh, Matt. <laughs> 
Jeez. There's a lot more to go here, guys. <laughs> Gee, that's like getting to the climax of saying intermission. <laughs> that's what we're doing. I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Oh, man. And we're going to get that episode out as soon as possible uh, next week at the latest. Okay, better. So, <laughs> have to hang on, guys. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> pretty cool. I'm glad I did that. I've been wanting to do Okay. Uh, so, Dave, we have some shout-outs to give. Oh, right on. Got a couple iTunes reviews. All five stars. Ooh, nice. So, we want to thank you on the don't. On the don't. They said they love the show and the sister, too. Oh. Let's not tell her. She'll get a big head. <laughs> but, uh, also, they requested a raccoon episode. Hey, and okay. And more on rabies. So you, oh. with raccoons, you'll get rabies. So nice. we And we've had a raccoon. It's been on the books for a long time, so we'll do raccoons sometime. Rabid raccoons, huh? Hmm. And Double from, whammy if you do that one. <laughs> and they're from Bend, Oregon. Okay. Hopefully that's not on fire. Oh, hopefully, yeah. I have no idea. Hopefully it's not. Well, yeah. stay safe on the don't. Yeah. All right, so then we want to thank X-Dust5. X-Dust5. From Canada. And they said, we are by far the best animal attack and history podcast. Oh, Spe- sweet. Specific as that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then we want to thank Meep the Geek. Meep the Geek. They said they are a huge animal nerd and a harsh critic. But they have learned a lot from our show, and they love our chemistry. Hey, right on. <laughs> That's great. Hopefully, uh, I'm not forgetting anybody. If I do forget you, please let me know. But thank you, Everett. We've been, we've had a lot of people. I don't know. Yeah. We've got great fans, great listeners. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. The Force of Nature cult is for, uh, the cult-like following is forever growing. Yeah, so nice. Thank you. But Dave, guess what? We have another shout-out to give. But this is a... Super shout-out! We want to thank David R.H. David R.H. For your very kind donation. Man, that's great. Sweet, right on. That's very much, much appreciated. Thank you very much. And donations will help fund our merch that we are making. Sweet. Yes, merch is coming, starting with a t-shirt. I've been talking with my merch guy, and we are working on a logo right now. I was talking to him earlier today. I've got a... New logo. Dave, I'll show you after we're done here. Okay. It's different than what my original idea was, but I'm kind of liking this new one, so it's going to be cool. Uh, I, it's, it's very, very cool stuff coming. And something else that happened recently, uh, nothing is set in stone or anything, but I, Matthew D. Hamilton, um, I got asked to narrate an audio book nice. on Audible. It's an animal attack book, actually a series, so pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll get when I have more info. I'll let everybody know. Well, Dave, you were doing an audio. Dave does some voice oh, I did acting some audio too. Books, yeah. What's the one you're working on now? Uh, it's part of the Galactic Mage series. God, that sounds yeah. nerdy. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> I'm kind of a nerd, but yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah. When does that come out? It's a fantasy slash science fiction. So it's all it's the two great genres. Is this like together. wizards and stuff? Yeah. Uh, wiz- yep. It's got wizards. Of course it does. And space. Wizards in space? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can just call it Wizards in Space and I might be go. into that. Well, well, Galactic Mage. It's just a more, it's just a, um, it's just a uh, nerdier better, title. A better way to say it. I like Wizards in Space. That gets, yeah. that gets me interested. That's something from 1967. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, more, we'll give you more information on our audio books that we're currently going to do, I right guess. Right on, yeah. yeah. All right. So, Dave, if uh, any of our listeners want to shout out, want to help us, what can they do? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. Say something you like. It really helps us helps us out, helps us gain more attention, more listeners. Uh, if you really want to help our grizzled coffers, which are pretty <laughs> dark right now, you can donate via PayPal or Venmo. Very good, Dave. I like, you, man, you're good at those puns <laughs> when you come up. That's just Dave um, on the cuff right there. But yes, go to PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or on Venmo, my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51, and that's all in the description below. And once again, just thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to us. We're doing really well. We really appreciate it. Two years into the podcast, yeah. we're doing, finally getting to where we where I wanted to be. Nice. 
Actually, you could have you had two listens, and I would be past where I was originally thought we would hey, be. Yeah, right on. But uh, it's really cool. So if you ever want to contact us, feel free. You can tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know, or you can suggest an episode idea. If you want to just ask a question or say hi, please feel free. You can email us or message us on Facebook or Instagram. And also on Instagram, if you're going to like hashtag us, it's Force of Nature Pod. That's the hashtag okay. for us. So just so letting everybody know. Okay. And uh, also help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on all the platforms we need to be on. Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. All right, well, how about you, Professor Cheetor? Matthew, you dirty bastard leaving me on a cliffhanger like that. All statistics point to you having a bearish evening yourself. Good day. Yeah, I know, I know. Every, I'm, I think everybody's thinking <laughs> that right now. <laughs> me too. Well, I'm, I agree with them now yeah, for once. Yeah, you do. Uh, this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.